Well, good morning. Okay, I, I, hold on a second. I gotta take this in. So this is what it feels like here. All right. We gotta get this selfie, right? For that first weekend. Oh, come on, right? Let's see. Turn my camera around here. Okay, there we are. Let's turn around and get the wide shot. All right, say cheese, everybody. All right, you look great. I don't know about me. Questionable, questionable there. Well, welcome to Mission View Church. Uh, my name is Matt Halp. I'm the lead pastor here. If this is your first time here with us today, thank you for coming to worship with us. We're excited that you're here. And um, we are uh, ecstatic to be in our new facility here on West Maple Street. So, man, uh, it has been quite the journey. I was thankful that Todd and Pastor Butch were able to share a little bit about the history and uh, kind of where we've come from. I'm so thankful that Mission View has roots in Maranatha Bible Church, one of the well, I would say the healthiest church I've ever actually seen working and, and being a part of. So uh, I am extremely thankful for that kind of foundation. Um, but I'm more thankful to God for what he is doing through Maranatha Bible Church and what he's doing through Mission View Church. So last week we talked, and praise the Lord, yeah. Yeah, just so you know, too, uh, this, this week, this Sunday is a little different than our normal Sundays. I talked to the, the staff and the, the worship team, and I said, we really just want to celebrate what God's doing. So this morning is, is a worship time, and my sermon today is actually uh, a sermon of worship. And so, that, so we're going to just stay in that, that idea, that vein of worship and praising God this morning. But last week, we uh, introduced you two new elders. If the elders team would make their way forward right now, uh, we introduced um, Jason Corder and Bill Gould as uh, elders that uh, were unanimous, unanimously voted on as additional elders to the team. And what I want to do is just take uh, time this morning and pray over them and invite you to pray with us as we bring them out. Jason Quarter here, Bill. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful for uh, God raising up these men to uh, be a part of the elder team. And I want to share too, just why I have these guys up here, the opportunity to have these guys up here. Where's Pat Culpepper? I know he's here somewhere. He was probably in the balcony making his way down. But um, anyways, uh, when I interviewed to come uh, to Mission View Church, I, uh, I, I was, you know, Concerned, You know, you, you, when you go to pastor a church, you, you want to see how healthy it is. And, and one of the things that, that shows health is the leadership of the church. Everything trickles down from leadership. And I remember the first interview that I had with the elder team. Within 15 minutes, God was stirring my heart that this was the place that he would have me come. This is the place where you, these are the guys that you would go to the front lines uh, of war with. And um, I'm so thankful that... Um, they are here and that God's brought them here. I knew you'd make it, Pat. You're probably up in the balcony or serving in children's ministry or... Charging people for the balcony seats. Oh, charging people for the balcony seats. Awesome. I, I didn't want to say it, but those are like great seats up there, aren't they? Those are really great seats. Yeah. Uh, but you got to sing loud. The only requirement, there's no charge, Pat. But the, the, only, the only requirement, if you sit in the balcony, you have to sing extra loud. So that, that's the only requirement. But... Um, I'm so thankful for these guys. But would you join us in prayer as we pray over Jason and Bill as they're joining the elder team? Let's just lay hands on them and pray for them. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the calling you've placed on Jason and Bill. Uh, for such a time as this that you've brought them here, you've gifted them 
um, to use those skills and talents and the gifts that you've given for your kingdom. Father, we pray that you would do a great work. God, give them wisdom. God, that your voice would be the loudest voice that they hear as they seek your guidance, Father. And we say that our plans are in pencil, your plans are in ink. We surrender to you and we do that out of great humility. So we pray for humility, Father, that we would walk in a spirit of humility given by your Holy Spirit. Help us to walk in that. Father, that we'd walk in confidence in your guidance. Be with each of us as we surrender to you and that we would be servant leaders as Jesus modeled, Father. Self-sacrificing servant leaders as we surrender to you. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. I pray you protect them. Uh, God, protect their families, protect their marriages. God, that you would just be around them. Draw them closer to you and in so doing, draw them closer to their wives, Father. We give you all the praise and glory and honor, and we say thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, guys. All right. You ready for this? All right, open your Bibles. Romans chapter 16. Like I said, this, this isn't your typical sermon. I'm actually going to preach a doxology this morning. A, a doxology is like a, a hymn of praise, it's, or it's just praising God. So in Romans 16, Paul's just kind of laid out it's this heavy theological book, just amazing thing in his letter to Rome. And at the end, he makes this statement, this doxology. It's this beautiful praise, expression of praise to God. It's verses 25 through 27. So just turn to chapter 16 there at the end of Romans. Let me, let me um, uh, just uh, read this for you as we continue to worship God. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I want to share with you three reasons to praise God that Paul gives us here. First, God strengthens us by means of the gospel. So we praise God that he strengthens us by means of the gospel. Now, as you came in today, hopefully you've got a program. In there, there's some fill-ins. You can follow along and take some notes in there. But that first fill-in is that God strengthens us by means of the gospel. Now, there, as we were reading that, it says, according according to the gospel. That, that Greek word there is kata, and it means coming from above or, or handed down from above. This is the gospel given by God. You see, the Son of God, sent by the Father God, revealed by the Spirit of God, strengthens us. The gospel is this, that God sent his only Son. God so loved the world that he sent his only Son. God so loved you that he sent his only son to make a way for us, for me and you, to be in right relationship with God. Sin entered the world, and, and there, had, there was this great price that had to be paid. So God sends his only son to do what none of us can do. Live a perfect life. God is perfect. He is righteous and holy. And that standard had to be met. And only one, only one could do that. 
and his name is Jesus Christ. So God sent his only son and Jesus lived a perfect life. He didn't sin in thought or deed. He was completely and wholly perfect. And at the young age of 33 years old, he took on himself our sin. And he died a sinner's death on the cross. He paid the price for you and me. He incurred the wrath of the Father for us. What we deserve because of our sinfulness, Jesus took on the cross. That is something we have to be thankful for. But it didn't end on the cross. That's the, that's the really, really good news. Three days later, Jesus rose from the grave. He defeated death and defeated sin for me and you. That is the gospel. And he goes on, and Jesus ascends into heaven. He says that he's preparing a place for me and you. He sits at the right hand of God the Father, and he's coming back one day for me and you. And oh, what a glorious day that will be. But that's the gospel. That, the word gospel means good news. That's the good news that we have. And that's what strengthens us. That we can know and we can believe that we have been made right in God's eyes. When we surrender our will to his, when we lay down our lives before him, and we say, God, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can, can earn. There's no way I can earn any of this. God, I trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ, this good news that Jesus accomplished what I can't accomplish. And he did what I could never do. That is the good news. We are all beneficiaries of the miraculous, saving work of Jesus Christ. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. And we worship God because of it. We love God because he first loved us. This is good news. And it's good news that sets us on mission. And we have a mission. Does anybody know what our mission here at Mission View Church is? Make disciples, right? We are here to make disciples. Simply said, our mission statement at Mission View Church, make disciples. Jesus gave us marching orders. Before he ascended into heaven, he said, go therefore and make disciples. That we're to share this good news, this miracle that God has worked in our hearts when he revealed his son to us and changed us and, and started to sanctify us and grow us. This miracle of the gospel, God calls us to go and share with everyone. We are on mission to make disciple. disciples. You got one job, right? You got one job. You don't want to be that person, right, that didn't do their one job. We got one job, make disciples. The second thing that we can praise God for, so we praise him for the gospel. The second thing is that God has revealed the mystery to bring about obedience of faith. That's what Paul says. God has revealed the mystery to bring about obedience of faith. This mystery, this gospel, this good news was hidden in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament. For thousands of years, God has a plan. He had this plan set aside. He's working his will and his way but he didn't fully reveal it. It was alluded to. The prophets wrote about it, but didn't fully understand what they were actually writing. It was hidden. It was a mystery. That mystery was finally revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. The long-awaited Messiah has come, and that's good news. Jesus came, and he's made a way for us to be in right relationship with God. This means that 
every good work, every faithful and right thought we have, every righteous act that we do is motivated and accomplished by God working in us. Did you know that God is always working in you? 24-7. He never stops. He never leaves you. I, I know at, at some times and some points in our lives, it feels like he's quiet or it may feel like he's distant, but he never, ever leaves you. He never, ever stops working in you. I like to say that God loves us too much to leave us the way we are. Amen? I mean, we say amen to that. That excites us, but then it's like, oh man, he's really working on me. That work can be painful sometimes. That sanctification can be hard sometimes. That change is hard. It's difficult. But God is always working in us. And that is really, really good news. I want to share with you one of my favorite scriptures. I love this in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 says this. And I'm going to paraphrase slightly, so bear with me. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in all the wrong things that you've done, in all the sinful thoughts that you've had, you were dead in those things. But that was in which you once walked. You were, we were following the course of this world. We are actually following the prince of the powers of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And, and we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, but God, being rich in mercy because of this great love with which he's loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were his enemy, even when we said no to him, even when we were running away from him, even when we just had no thoughts about him, even when we were dead in our trespasses, we were made alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. He's raised us up. Not only have we been saved, he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It's by grace that we have been saved through faith. And this is nothing that we've done. It is nothing that we have accomplished. It is not of our own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared long ago, beforehand, before time began, he created good works. He prepared good works that we should walk in them. We deserve none of the credit, none of the accolades. It is this amazing free gift from God in his son, 
Jesus Christ. And that is something we should worship and praise God for. Do you remember? Do you remember that time in your life before you knew Christ? I was reading that first part of the second chapter of Ephesians there, verses one through five, and you're like, wow, I remember that. I didn't know God. I was out for myself. It was me, myself, and I. I mean, I was looking for those things. I was going to live in the American dream, making that money, buying that house, buying that fancy car, doing things I shouldn't, saying things I shouldn't, doing things that I'm ashamed of now, saying things that I'm ashamed of now. But God, who's rich in mercy, saw me just running from him in my sin and brokenness, and he reached down to dead, dry bones, and he breathed life into them. This is the testimony that every single one of us share. Oh, that he would love me like that. I didn't deserve any of it. I didn't deserve any, I, I deserved hell. I had chosen hell, destined. That was my destiny, but God, he changes people's destinies. He has changed your destiny. And we worship God because he's changed our destiny. We're sitting here in this new building and it's great, I praise God for it, but it is just a tool. It is a tool towards destiny changers. Because right now you can look around this room and God's not done yet. There's empty chairs in this room. There's empty parking spaces outside and there's another service we'll add down the road because God's not done. God is still changing destinies and he's gonna change the destinies of some of your neighbors. He's gonna change the destiny of some of your family members. He's gonna change the destiny of some of your coworkers and he's going to speak through you. He's gonna use you. He's gonna raise up the gifts that he's put inside you and you're gonna see him do it right in front of your face. That is the, the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ that God uses through the power of his spirit in us. <laughs> we don't deserve any of that. We don't deserve any of that. The last thing, this last thing, and then we're gonna get into some worship more. The third feeling is this. He, God, is the eternal and only wise God. All praise, glory, and honor be to the eternal and only wise God. This means God sits outside of time in eternity. He has no beginning, he has no end. He has always existed, he was not created, he always has been and always will be. There is no one like our God. Now, knowing that God is the eternal God, we can rest assured that we will spend eternity with him. Because God is an eternal God, the eternal God, we can rest assured that we have an eternity with him. Okay. I don't know if that sunk in or not. I thought they'd get an amen. <laughs> Just because we know that he is the eternal God, you have an eternity with him. Amen. There is a heaven waiting for you. Man, this is good news. And the older I get, the better it becomes. <laughs> I wake up in the morning now and it, my back hurts. It takes me 15 minutes to get my back loosened up so I can tie my shoes. We get older, we, we get closer to that time, right? And boy, I tell you what, it is phenomenal 
to know that we have an eternity with our Father God. He sits outside of time. Even now, he is preparing a place for me and you. Oh, praise God. And those, our family members that have gone before us, our brothers and sisters in Christ who we love so dearly, who have gone before us, oh, what a reunion that will be in the presence of Jesus, our Savior, and our brothers and sisters in Christ that have gone before us. Oh God, what a day that will be. You have an eternity because God is an eternal God. That's good news. And we can praise him for that. Now, not only is he the eternal God, he is the only wise God. He's the only wise God. The wisdom of God goes beyond all comprehension and no one can compare to him. He has a plan and his wise plan is perfect. His wise plan is perfect. His wisdom is not like human wisdom. His wisdom is perfect because he is God. The only God. The world may fall to pieces, chaos may abound, but God is all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, and he is all-wise. And he loves you. He is all of these things. Eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He can, he can just think a thought and then we'd cease to exist. Or he could think a thought and just restart everything. But he doesn't because he loves you. And he has plans for you. That before he created anything, before time began, he had set aside good things for you to do. God is all of these things so far beyond, beyond comprehension, human understanding. And he knows your name. He knows where you were born, who your parents would be, grandparents, how many kids you'd have, if you'd get married or not. And he is in every little detail of your life. He's a part of every little piece of it, every, every victory you've experienced, he's beside you. Every, every time you've fallen on your face, he's there with you. Every grieving moment, he's there with you. And every courageous stance you've taken, he is right beside you. And in all of those things, in every single situation, he is God. All-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present. This is the God we serve, and he loves you. We worship him for all he has done, all he is doing, and all he will do at this base camp. You know, when we started this project, uh, I came up with this idea of base camp. It's these adventurers, these mountain climbers. You know, when you go to summit, one of the greatest peaks on earth, you have to set up a base camp. A lot of times they set up multiple base camps to, to get acclimated to the altitude as you're climbing. This base camp is meant to be that. That as you're here, you're getting acclimated to the altitude. The altitude of God's space. That you connect with the Lord. That you are steeped in his word. And that through that, this gospel, and this word of God, he's changing you and growing you so that you leave this place 
and the gospel just pours out of you. We want to send out church planters. We want to send out missionaries. And we are sending out every single one of you today to go and share everything that God has done in your life and share that testimony with everyone that you meet. God's gonna open the door for you to be the salt and light that he's called you to be. It's gonna be at the job, on your job. It's gonna be in your home. It's gonna be at Easter dinner with your family. It's gonna be at school with your classmates, your professors, your teachers. God wants and will use you. What an amazing, life-changing thought that is that God will use you. I mean, we talk about him and how amazing and uncomprehendable, unsearchable he is, amazing he is, and he thinks of us. Now hear this, God's word for us this morning. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we, we sing our closing songs today, and let's stay and continue in a heart of worship. I'm gonna pray for us as the band's coming out, but I just wanna remind everyone, Easter, we're celebrating the resurrection. We celebrate the resurrection every Sunday, but Easter, that special day, we, uh, it's just a couple weeks away, we have these invitation cards. You can invite your neighbors, coworkers, and family members uh, to Easter services in a couple weeks. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we worship you and we thank you for all that you've done. And Father, we know this is just a new beginning. This is not the end. A church building is just a building. The church is your people. We are the church. God, use us for your kingdom. I pray by the power of your spirit, you would deepen our understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, that it would make such an impact on us, we wouldn't be able to be quiet about it. We'd talk about it more than the NCAA tournament. We would talk about it more than any football team. That we would talk about it more than any TV show or video game that's coming out. God, that your gospel would be the most important thing to us. Do that by the power of your spirit. Help us to be an obedient people, Father. We say, do what you want to do. Use us up for your kingdom. We surrender to you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue in worship.